Welcome to Cowhorse, Full Contact by Ben Self, with host Chris Dawson and Russell Dilday. This episode has been brought to you by Southwest Range Cowhorse Association and their Pre-Faturity and Horse Show. Check out all the information at srcha.org. What better place to go to a Pre-Faturity than where the Faturity's going to be? Welcome to Cow Horse Full Contact. Chris Dawson, Russell Dilday. We've got Ben Self over here on the soundboard. And today joining us, proprietor of JW Custom Hats. JW Brooks Custom Hats. JW Brooks Custom Hats. See, I always mess up. Well, there is actually a JW Custom Hats in Salt Lake City. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, In case you're ever looking, that's that's where he's at. I already have the patch. (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> save, save yourself some money. <laughs> got that going for me right now. <laughs> hey, you got to look around in the coronavirus time. You look at your options. <laughs> be creative. Yeah, you got to be creative. <laughs> Well, I know you guys have been a big supporter of ours and Russell's, and man, we love the hats. And but we're not here to talk about hats. Okay, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> this is my least favorite subject. <laughs> so let's maybe talk about how we got into the hat business. All right. Well, I was born 1972. Perfect. This is All exactly right. where we'll I want to go. We'll start at the beginning. Really? <laughs> Dang it! I know, huh? He's younger than me, and so, he outgrew me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 30 years this year I've been in the hat business. No mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah. I was born in Durango, Colorado. And uh, when I got out of high school, um, I was kicking around mostly doing Western art. I was doing a lot of commission work and, and uh, people's horses and dogs and grandpas and stuff like that. And I ended up drawing a picture of Kevin O'Farrell. And O'Farrell Hat Company has been in Durango for, or was, you know, for 40 years at that point in time. He was somewhat of an icon in that custom hat industry for years and years so i'd actually drawn a picture of him in in trade for a hat and and uh, we got visiting around he said do you want to come shape a few hats for me and i said you bet you know i'll try it and he never fired me and i never quit and that's how it started (laughs) there you go so what were you uh paint or pencil you know it was mostly all pencil i did some colored pencil stuff and i've done some some oils recently but um, but back then it was almost all pencil work and, uh, yeah, I, I stayed busy all the time, but it was, it was super hard for me to stay hooked because, um, it's very boring work. I mean, you know what I mean? You're just at that easel for hours and hours and hours and I was young and I wanted to go do stuff, you know? So, um, to transition over into the hat business was, was so easy for me because it was an artistic thing you know it was kind of like pottery almost you know you're working with your hands but it was you know more customer based and and just around people and it was just a lot funner uh industry to be in and and i knew it was going to be tough in that western art you know realm anyways yeah um but uh yeah what got it. you started in the art was your family artistic no um i don't think any of them can draw flies really but they but they, uh, they've been around. Uh, I've never even tried to draw a fly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what I'm good at. <laughs> they, uh, no, I've always drawn since I was a kid. I th- actually, um, I illustrated a kid's book when I was in like fourth grade, uh, this children's book, and just kind of just, I don't know, it just everything had kind of 
one after another and art contests and so on and so forth. So by the time I got into high school, I was doing a lot of commission work for people. So when I graduated, that's pretty much all I was doing. Like who would hire you? Um, well, small town, you know, word gets around, but everybody. I mean, I worked, I did stuff for um, Joe Hodder, Hodder Horses up there and did a bunch of horses stuff for them and him. And, um, and then, you know, just word spreads and your next thing you know, you're doing you know, these people's dogs, and then you're doing so-and-so's grand. Oh, mostly you know, portrait. Just commission were, stuff, yeah. But not so much for advertising and stuff, more for personal Personal stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, I yeah. see. And did you get some training on the drawing in there any time, or just no, did it? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, practice training, you know what I mean? We, yeah. I mean, I spent a lot of time in art class and just kind of, stayed hooked and I you know it's like anything else you practice and practice long enough at something you get bound to figure it out eventually so I, that's that's not accurate <laughs> <laughs> there's hope for you in the kayaking right the snowboarding and the skiing there's not, not any hope for me for the drawing did you see <laughs> my heart we, we drew we are uh, looking at making oh, some yeah. full contact hats and so <laughs> he sends me this website that's got these hats and they have an option on there to where you can like design your own hat. Well, there's a paintbrush. I hit that paintbrush and hey, I can draw on this. So, I'm, and I'm trying to spell cow horse full contact with my finger on my phone on the front of this hat. And I'm t- I have the picture. I don't know what about oh, yeah, that's a beauty. Picture. Yeah, you got to show it to him. Like, if you need any help drawing, like, uh, right. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be glad to. I can come down there and maybe give you a little hand. But this is my natural artistic ability. <laughs> That's great. Like, what? What's this? Is art, this the artistic version right yeah, you here? You can't even read it. Right. I know. We might have to put that on the Facebook page <laughs> so people can see it and share in our laughter there. <laughs> yeah. Great. Please help. <laughs> Hurry, Randy. <laughs> Hurry, Randy. <laughs> Hurry, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you still get you get to draw a lot now or do you be kind of you know on? when we uh when we decided we were going to try to step away from the the we were going to sell the company and we were going to i was going to continue make hats but 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 those guys were going to go out on the road and and sell and i knew i'd be home a lot more and i thought oh man this is the deal you know this is I'm my time oh i'm gonna draw man so, <laughs> so you know i kind of started in on it a little bit and um it's just one of those things. You got to have the patience to sit down and do it. I mean, I and you I, don't. Weird. No, it's weird. You know, when I I get started on something, I have to finish it. So there's nothing. You know, I'm not one of those guys. It's like, well, oh, that's a piece I've been working on for six months. It's like, no, it's uh. So you're finished on the wall, or it's finished on the wall when I'm done. So yeah, I did one of Jody and her mm-hmm. horse, and I did uh, another one of this Indian woman, and so forth. And I did that in oils because i never tried oils and i wanted to try it so i thought man i'm gonna i'm gonna do this so i went down to the art store to pick up some oils and i got down there and realized how expensive oils were so (laughs) (laughs) that's why i used pencil (laughs) exactly i was like wow so i got black and white and so (laughs) i bought a tube of black and a tube of white and uh so they're black and white oils but they're nice yeah really brings out the color right, exactly that sunset really yeah, pops really, yeah. <laughs> love the flowers <laughs> my little house on the prairie portrait <laughs> for the funeral those are those are blue bonnets by yeah, the way 
<laughs> a lot of portraits of Gene Autry and such. <laughs> right. You should have seen it in color. <laughs> <laughs> so was there anybody that you hung around with? Like once you got to drawing, were there other drawers or? No. I mean, what's that world like? I don't know, man. Is there a drawing bar? I got drawers. I got drawers. All right. They're all in my bedroom. I got socks in them. Karaoke night, drawers night. (laughs) Open brush contest. (laughs) Bring your own pencils. (laughs) Don't think you're using my oils. Black or white. Yeah. No, man, I don't know any any drawers. I don't know. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, people that I liked and so forth, but uh, people that you look up to and you try to be like them or whatever. But uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I always just kind of like the realism um, art form, which I think, and again, I'm not an expert on any of this, but it seems to me like the progression in art is is that direction you kind of start out trying to be as realistic as you can because at least that's the way it worked for me it was realism art was my that's how I knew that I was a good artist if I you know if I drew a picture of Russell and and somebody said oh my gosh that picture is exactly like Russell looks exactly like you know every line every detail that was I was like man I'm a champion because that's that's perfect um so then it kind of goes from there into the medium what you're working with so so i got a little more creative as far as what actual what i was drawing if that makes sense you know what how to position my horses and the people and hands and faces and all that kind of stuff so but the older i think you get the more you realize that uh, i think there there's a you you try to get looser how's that you try to get a little looser in in your in what you're doing and I think that that's a challenge in itself is to, to be able to be, have somebody stand back and look at that picture and go, wow, that is fantastic. Knowing that not every hair, you know, is drawn on that deal. It's a little, it's a little looser drawing. And anyway, that's kind of where I'm at right now is just trying to be a little bit looser in what I do. And, and, uh, so I hope this is interesting for you guys. <laughs> I had, it's See, a new world it, for me. It, yeah, I know why I make hats. It's I very used to boring. try to draw a, Longhorn all the time when I was a kid, I could never make the horns match. (laughs) (laughs) See, you skipped the steps. You skipped the steps. You you went right past that realist side. Yeah, exactly. I was went right into you know, yeah, your own twist. I was natural born, but I didn't get around any other drawers, so I didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Man, if you could have just been around some drawers. That would have been it. I would have been on my way. Charles Russell, look out. Uh, Could have got a pen name. (laughs) Charles Russell Jr. (laughs) Russell Remington. (laughs) That's kind of the end of my art knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Spin it it out right there. Yeah. I was trying to think of one more. (laughs) Just one more. Ooh, I got an abstract one. Salvador Dali. Wow, you've been holding that one in your pocket for a while. Yeah, yeah. I can't even say that's not true or is. Right. (laughs) Let me tell you, okay, James Bama, that was my guy. So James Bama, if you've ever seen any of his work, it's very, um, uh, he he focuses just on the one thing. It's like, you know, a mountain man. 
and there's really not much for background but that mountain man is so perfect and everything is so accurate and and uh, so I always kind of emulated that guy and um, I'm trying to think who else but but Da Vinci was, Da Vinci that's what it was that's, <laughs> that's what, my that's other what it one was. I know <laughs> good job Russell <laughs> So anyway, back to hats. Um, <laughs> what is the social structure of Thailand? I know. I have to quit t- interviewing young people like they're old. <laughs> I'm older than you. <laughs> no, close. No, close. Close. You're you're a little bit younger than me. You're way older than Chris. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> So what did your parents do? Western wear, mostly. Um, yeah, dad Dad actually opened Western Outfitters, which is a Western wear clothing store there in Durango, Colorado. And um, in 70, somewhere around in there, 69, 70. And they had that store for years and then um, decided to uh, move. And we actually ended up going up, and he started with Corral West Ranch Wear back when they were only in that upper western states area so we went to sheridan we lived in sheridan wyoming for quite a while um wayne he pretty much went all through high school up there in sheridan and rode oh, bulls for a long time and then bareback horses and so forth and dad worked there at that store and then he would he was really good at building up stores that were maybe not doing as good and so they were kind of a husband and wife team management team so they moved him around to a lot of places that that were, uh, you know, stores failing, not doing as well, and he'd build them up, and they'd move him somewhere else. So we moved uh, to Billings, Montana, from Sheridan. We went, actually, from Casper to, to Sheridan to Billings, and then to Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, and then ended up back in Sheridan. Yeah, so it was quite stayed a Stayed in the cold, stayed up away from the equator. Stayed oh, in the man. cold country. <laughs> That's Ooh. where they were. That's where they were. So, yeah, so they, we did that uh, for a long time, and then um, we moved back down to we moved to arizona arizona ranchman was a western store back then that was down there that this guy that dad knew from durango had opened up a store so he went down there and then that guy asked dad to go open another store up in yuma arizona so we went to yuma arizona and we opened up arizona ranchman down there and we were there for a few years and and then ended up back in durango so Mm. big loop and you got how many siblings five yeah yeah i got three sisters and my brother Oh, a bunch mm-hmm. of you. Yeah, we are. And you're the oldest or youngest? Middle. So I got an older, uh, my sister's the oldest, Shelly, and then Wayne. Uh, he's uh, a couple years younger than her, six years older than me. And then I got two younger sisters. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle. Smack dab in the middle. So what did you do through high school? Any sports or? Well, basketball, obviously. Um, fairly tall fairly tall guy so yeah. yeah no it was good i i enjoyed it i I played a lot of ball and i was in new mexico and through new mexico actually kind of right there on the res playing ball for three years there and then i finished out in durango colorado because i wanted to go to college in in colorado so that was kind of the the reason why i moved back but um yeah i enjoyed it a lot um but i blew a knee senior year so kind of just crippled that deal and really the only reason i wanted to go to college was to play ball so um after I blew my knee, I was just kind of, I just went to draw in full time and didn't give college really much of a, oh, yeah. much of a thought. So, Did you do some rodeoing? You know what? I really didn't. Um, my brother got hurt so much 
<laughs> He's a quicker study than yeah, some of us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he was six years older than me. So um, he rode bulls all through high school and then rode thousand head of uh, bareback horses. And then, and then he went and switched over to, uh, to saddle bronc horses uh, for a while, probably got on a hundred head of those before he quit and went to announcing. And now, you know, he's kind of a big time announcer as far as that goes in the rodeo industry. So, um, he's a lot better announcer than he is competitor. <laughs> yeah, yes. but at least he knows why it's coming. Yeah, yeah but, be, see it. <laughs> but being six years older, I, I watched him, you know, from the time I was little. And man, I just, I, I was never a big fan of pain. And I just watched him get hurt and hurt and hurt. And so by the time I got to where I could actually do something, I kind of roping was a lot funner looking deal to me so that's all i've ever really done mm. so you used team roped a lot didn't never tried to hit the prca oh no i'm not yeah. good at it <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah i rope like yeah. i fish and i yeah. fish like i rope it's <laughs> it's bobber and worm time for me boys <laughs> wait for it yeah, wait, wait for, for it. it i'll yeah. be there you gotta just keep her going downstream yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this yeah. paddling upstream thing <laughs> make me worry about you just a little bit yeah oh yeah jody's in the stands yelling just throw it <laughs> You know, <laughs> maybe the next time around, <laughs> exactly. Close the catch pin. <laughs> you got to have a solid head horse when I yield behind you. <laughs> uh, Logging one off for J Dub again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Headers are always rolling their eyes. Oh man, I drew J Dub. <laughs> My, da my dad come over and rope the other day, and we don't rope together. He doesn't rope a lot, but we roped, we roped on uh, Father's Day when I was in high school. I think was the last time we roped together, and then we roped this, I don't know, a couple days ago. And so you rope, and then you want to, like, you're, you know, you, your point when you hit them is to, like, slow them down and make them a little easier to rope. Well, with my dad, you slow them down a lot. Oh. Like <laughs> a lot. Stop. Maybe. <laughs> He's yelling at you. Slow down, Chris. <laughs> but anyway, we won our first uh, the last roping we had, we won. We won the father and son team roping at our house. It was an invitational. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> There was three sets of us there, and we did it on a point system, and I believe we merged victorious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he, no, my stepdad let him ride his horse. That's what kind of family I have. My stepdad let my dad ride his horse to rope on the other day at my house, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> but just talking about logging them around, you can walk them around, load them around, whatever. They're going to be on the end of that rope for a while, though. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, but that was fun. I mean, it was always a blast. I yeah. always liked roping, but, uh, but competing wasn't my deal on that end of things. So, you know what? I really can't help notice Chris is that really cool hat that Ben just tried to put on over his headset. <laughs> it is a pretty sweet hat. It would look better under the headset. Yeah. And he's got it right now, but huh? how about the little, uh, CFC emblem on that? On I, the it's a little bit cult like, you know, if you don't know what it is, you don't you're know just out of you're just out of the loop. Yeah, nice. And where we could get them, we could get them at www.cowhorsefullcontact.com. So you get done. You're drawing out of high school. Blew your knee out. Now what do you do? So actually, I moved to 
Arizona um, from Durango. I wanted to kind of get out of it. It was a pretty small town, and I didn't want to date somebody else's ex-wife, and that's pretty much how it works there. So you, <laughs> you so. could have dated a little younger. <laughs> no, it's not. They start early. Oh, so. well. <laughs> they, uh, so I know. I went to Arizona, and, and uh, I went to work for Aztec Hats down there, and and um, and then uh, oh, I could go on and on. That that place was fun. There's a lot of opportunity in in Arizona to to do fun things. And so got to connection see. there through your dad. I mean, through their business. I mean, their Western Wear sales. Is that how you got hooked up with them? No, down not there, at all. Just- no, just uh, you know, at the time, I think to find somebody. Well, I should say not at the time. Probably any time to find somebody that has some experience in the hat business and not just a and not to take away from it, but not just a hat bar guy, you know, that stands there and shapes hats all day behind a hat bar, but somebody that had some actual experience in the, in making manufacturing and kind of all the way through, that's a super hard thing to find. Yeah. Um, probably not a, I mean, not a ton of people doing it. No. Well, I mean, especially at that time, you know, it was, a, uh, it was, uh, kind of before, before that real big rise in country music, you know, before the Garth Brooks, you know, and then, so you kind of had that going on and then, and I, so I hit that good and, and I worked there for, um, several years. And then a guy wanted to open a store down in, in Phoenix there. And, uh, he wanted a big hat shop, custom shop within the store. So I went and opened that. So that was the first place I actually opened and that was good. I kind of got, got a feel for what it was going to take. And, and I worked for him and, and, uh, that place for probably four years, something like that before I actually started my own and then went in with Saba's Western wear, which they're a big store there in Arizona and, uh, or were anyway. And then, and I went in with them and, uh, that's kind of how I kicked off my own company. Mm. And then, um, and then I ended up moving on and stepping out on my own and, and been doing that ever since. So, yeah, but you did play in a band at some point. Oh yeah, how'd you get into that? <laughs> it was really a fluky deal. So, I was one of those get drunk and karaoke guys. Not really though. I what don't do you be- mean not? Well, I don't I mean- believe in karaoke. I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured if you don't have a band, you don't belong. You know what I'm saying? Singing. So. <laughs> they keep they keep looking at me when they say stuff like this. I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, so it's just it, once. Oh yeah, man, or ten, twelve times. <laughs> so yeah, I did. I just did go and have fun, get up there. And, well, you know what? It was, and I I got to step back. So at Mister Lucky's, and I don't know if you've ever been there, or whatever. So kind of the place to go for years and years in Arizona was Mr. Lucky's. I mean, that's where Waylon and I mean, everybody's played there walls and walls of pictures, kind of like Billy Bob's here kind of thing. Uh-huh. Okay. So, and it's in kind of an old part of town and <clears throat> they opened a bull riding. Okay. So they had this live bull riding deal beside it and uh, you would, the band would play and then you'd go out the side door and there's a little fenced in area and you go out that side door and they'd have a bull riding novice night, open night, Friday, Saturday, blah, blah, blah. So my brother, when he first started announcing, he was kind of announcing at Estrella park, which is a little uh, place out there in Arizona. And so they opened this bull riding deal up. And so him and Dan Fowley bid the job to do the announcing at this, this bull riding that they were having at the bar. So, so they kind of, that's how that got started. So 
Wayne, of course, he he kind of came up pretty fast. I mean, I say that he put a lot of years in with that announcing, but um, he moved on past that after several years, and it kind of opened up. So then he he they asked me, "Do you want to announce the bull riding?" So I did that for a little bit, and not really my thing, but uh, but that's how that all kind of got started. So we were at Mister Lucky's a lot, and. Um, uh, then Nashville Star. I don't know if you remember that oh, show yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nashville Star came to town, and I had an ex girlfriend that signed me up for this deal, <laughs> and I had no idea really. I didn't. And uh, was so, she your how much? Was she signed you up or no? <laughs> she was your not current. At the, at the, she, she was the current at the time. Right. At the time, she wasn't just mad. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, she wasn't like a punishment. Right. Now, so, were you spending a lot of time before she did that, like working on your vocalistic quality? Oh, not at all. And if I wasn't half in the bottle, I wouldn't even get up there. <laughs> I mean, that was just part of the deal. So, no know? instruments. No, no, and I could play a little guitar. I took a little guitar and um, in school, and and I could write a little bit, but I'd never done anything. And so we we. Uh, I stood in line and you know how the line, it looks like American Idol kind of thing, you know, people lined up for half a mile. And then in the, anyway, the long story short, I waited through the whole deal and made it through and I won. Okay. So I won for Arizona, which was kind of a big deal. It was a big place. And the whole state. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So when we and went you on. Ain't, and you ain't practice singing <laughs> except when you get drunk at the karaoke bar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How do you remember the words? What well, song did you sing? You're just one of them guys, aren't you? Yes, oh, he's one so of them. Woke up, you woke up, can draw, <laughs> I makes hats, sings. I mean, he doesn't know why. No, paddles upstream. Up, paddles upstream. Exactly. It's like a salmon. It's just everything's <laughs> everything's easy. Jiminy <laughs> Pete. So yeah. So anyway, were you that, sober during the? Oh, probably not. Yeah, okay. Probably not. So I made it through that deal and. And that was embarrassing. And then, but the, when we went on, uh, it was, uh, we went on to like the top 20 people, whatever, we went to LA. And so that's the same year Miranda Lambert was in it. So I'm in with that group. Okay. And she lost and I lost. So in, in the story, right. Tied. There, we tied. We tied. <laughs> we tied. <laughs> we tied. <laughs> Miranda Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we were on the same year and, and I totally, totally was not prepared or ready or deserving of to be a part or win for sure. I didn't leave there going, oh man, I missed my chance. It was fluke. I was there to begin with. So anyway, when I got back to Arizona, um, that band, the house band at Mr. Lucky's asked me if I would, if they could hire me to, to, to be uh, their lead singer and kind of be a part of that deal. So anyway, I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And it was because there was no garage band. You know what I mean? I never had to, I didn't start at the bottom kind of thing. It's like I started at May the top. Band, yeah. Oh, it was so awesome. So, you know, we just, just jumped in there and in-ear monitors and the perfect sound systems and, and just everything. And the, and the <clears throat> best band, really, the best band in all of Arizona playing behind you all the time. So all I had to work on was my ability to entertain and, you know, just be out there, be the guy that's out there having fun and, and entertaining the people, which, again, was being in the bottle a lot in the beginning, you know, just the nerve up, you know, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to get in there and try to, try to loosen up and, and be on everybody's level. But, um, but you get better as you go. And, and, um, J. David Sloan, who was, who's been around forever and he was kind of, he's the own, on the club and great musician. And he was there and, uh, he'd help me all the time. And I'd say, man, Jay, you know, there's those people and they're right there in that front table 
and they're just not clapping and they're not having a good time. And that's what I would focus on all night. The one table that was bummed, you know, and, uh, you know, he'd be like, no, you, you got to find the one table that's having a that's ball. <laughs> and that's who you play to all night long. So, you know, you learn all this stuff and you go on, but it was a great, fun, fun thing to do. And I think I played with those guys for seven years. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was long too. I mean, it was, uh, it's a hard deal. We played five nights a week uh, when we first started. Well, that turns into a job. It was. It was a job. So trying to juggle hats and that, and we cut it back to three, and then, and then we started playing out um, here and there on the weekends and stuff. So we could kind of handle it. But it was still tough. I mean, you'd, you'd get Friday night had come, and you'd be excited, and you'd be like, oh, man, that's end of the week. Party I'm up. ready. To, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go entertain and play with the guys and have fun, and it was it was a blast. And then... Um, you wake up, you know, you go to bed at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and you wake up and you're like, oh, I got to go do it again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a one nighter, you know? So, um, after seven years, I was pretty much toast. I was done. And, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, part of that was starting too late. I mean, you know, I didn't win that American Idol deal till I was like 33 oh. or something like that. So, so this isn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, still long ago. Yeah, still long. <laughs> 48. Well, you're not 48. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, still not that long ago. I mean, from no, talking I about being right. a band, I mean. Right, yeah. right. But I started too late. I mean, if I'd have started at 23, then now you got some youth behind you. You could probably hang yeah, on there. Yeah, you can hang on the road longer. Yeah, yeah, but there's just no way. So, But anyway, that was that was the old music career. And I wrote a bunch of songs, and I got to go to Nashville, and I recorded some, and I pitched some, and... It just, you know, is what it is. I think uh, you get lucky sometimes. Sometimes you don't. Maybe you don't have it. I don't know. So when you're back to the deal, when you're you're just drunk and singing karaoke and your girlfriend puts you in this Nashville movie or Nashville singing contest, how do you even go up there and know what song to pick? Remember the words. What do you, you play to a band there? You or, got a karaoke you, machine I mean, behind you? What do you do? <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they had the band there, and, you you know, you'd be like... Tell them what song you want, and... Yeah, so all the preliminary stuff in that show was, like, sing 10 seconds a cappella of whatever song you want, okay? So, you kind of, you know, and then you'd go through to the next round, they'd cut 500 people, and then you'd go through the next round. So, it it just kind of, they kind of quickly eliminated a bunch of people till you got down to the end, and then they were like, okay, now go up and sing, or tell the band what you want to sing, or whatever, and they'd play with you, or... Or you could play, you know, your own instrument or whatever and sing or do whatever you want to do at that point. But Oh, I'll be darned. So what song did you win with? <laughs> Waylon stuff, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Waylon stuff. My wife's favorite. Yeah. Waylon. Yeah. Waylon, Waylon was, uh, our voices uh, are similar, and I think it just, uh, I don't know, it worked. Worked. I'll be darned. So I, some, huh? I had a second cousin that actually ended up like fourth on Nashville Star. Oh, his no name, kidding. His name's Lance Miller. He had a song. Oh, it's Lance, called about the yeah. beach. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been hilarious if you did, right? Like, but yeah, he got all the musical ability at our family. But yeah, <laughs> and kept it. Yeah, but he still he writes and does some stuff back there. Oh but, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to be prepared. I mean, he was obviously prepared right right so i mean i watch like american idol with jody or something you know and i'm always it's hard to watch because i feel bad for a lot of those people that somebody's been telling them how great they are for a long time and 
Yikes! Yikes! Yeah. You know, yeah. well, nobody calls you and tell. Nobody comes up after the show and says how bad you sucked. No, right? They just leave. No, right. They slap you on That's, the back, and it's kind of like this yeah. podcast. Like we get a lot of like yeah. text messages and stuff. Like, man, you guys are great. Like, so far we haven't sucked bad enough that anybody's taken the time to the reach effort. out and explain to us how badly we suck. Oh yeah, it'll happen though. It's it's it coming. will happen. Yeah. It's coming probably after this. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a Carol Baskin out there for everyone. <laughs> we'll feed him to the tigers. Be all right. Oh man! <laughs> so now that kind of threw me. Well, yeah. Well, I, I went through the whole singing thing for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you played for Ram Rodeo for a while, didn't you? Yeah. So when I started the hat company in Arizona, obviously Arizona's a hot sucker in the in the summertime. So um, I was slow in the summer and busy in the winter, and that's the opposite of what the rodeo world is. I mean, everybody's rodeoing hard in the summertime. So um, yeah, so I, I signed on with Ram Rodeo, and I worked for them for seven years, actually, in the summers. Just a part-time guy running down the road in the summer. It was awesome. I had a ball. The same seven years you were singing at Lucky's or? Uh, no, but towards the tail end of some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it was tough. A little overlap. Not much because um, they'd send, you know, in the summertime, they'd send you north. And I mean, you may be gone for, you know, a month or mm. a month and a half or something. You and know? what were you doing for them? You know, it's just, it's a simple job. It's, it's all you are really with them is a liaison between the local dealer and the rodeo committees and so that's all you're really doing is so um they hire you ram hires you and to come in and facilitate the whole situation at the rodeo make sure that you know you have your banners up and you have your display up and you have you've you've scripted your announcers and make sure that they know what to say about your new product and 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 super super fun super easy job but you know when you grew up around it and you enjoy rodeo is it's like a day off really you know Mm-hmm. And what did your sisters do? Were they ever into uh, rodeo or horses or no? Not really. Not much. Uh. Uh-uh. Just None. you and your brother. Yeah, and mainly him. So and mainly him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, not really. I mean, we kind of grew up around it all all our lives. You know, being in I guess being in the Western work business, you're sort of always around the horse industry. And we yeah. grew up out in the country all the time. And we never had a bunch of good horses or anything. I mean, we had old farm horses, you know, you kick them in the belly and pull them around. And that's, that's what we had, you know, so we, we never uh, got any professional, you know, instruction as far as that goes to go into anything in the horse industry when we were younger. Um, But rodeo is something you can kind of, if you want to stay on that roughy end, you can kind of hang with them guys, you know? Yeah. So, Yep. So when do we meet Jody in her white pants? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, usually she's the one that does the, you know, promotional right. out front face stuff. But my mom always said I had a good face for radio. So <laughs> hey, we've all, the the three of us have something in common here. <laughs> I think Jody chip. agreed. She's yeah. like, this is great. This is your time to shine, man. Go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I don't, I can't think here. So let me think. Um, we got married seven, seven, Oh seven. I think we met a year before in Las Vegas during, uh, NFR. 
because she was working for Goldbuckle Rodeo Company and promoting their rodeo out of Georgia. And my brother, believe it or not, had done a couple of, uh, several years of that rodeo. So he knew her way before I did. And um, yeah, that's just how we met. So what stays and happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. <laughs> <apparently>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like there's a little more to the story. There I, is. Yeah. There is a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> He's I, a large I man. Remember, though. I, I remember white pants as being part of something that Waylon and her were telling me. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to have to get her on here to clear it all up. Yeah, you would. Because I sure wasn't clear. <laughs> yeah. When you I was, were a mess. <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> it was Vegas. There was yeah. nothing clear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But she's been great and a big part of what we do every day in the at the company, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. Yep. So you get um, you've done the Ram Ram Rodeo, yep. and then you just kind of get tired of the travel, or how you get you know, back in the hat business. The honestly, the hat business was booming, you know, and and um, it while, was just while you were working for Ram. Yeah, it get it's just got better and better. And, um, well, probably I didn't have time. Garth came on and the oh, whole yeah, country that was, thing. Yeah, actually it was even towards up. the tail end of that, some of that. And, um, it just, it just got to where I didn't have time to go and be gone. I mean, it was a part-time job that was kind of semi full-time because, you know, I was thinking, Hey, this is gonna be great. I can work the weekends at these rodeos and so forth. But, you know, they'd send me up to Newport, Oregon and, and Salem, Oregon and around that way. And, and I'd be gone for, you know, four, five, six, seven weeks. So it just wasn't, you can't do Couldn't that. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Put off customers, so forth. So we, I just, I just quit them and, and went to doing the hats full time. I mean, I mean, I always have done them full time, but you know what I mean? I right. had to concentrate on it through the summer as well. Yeah. So what is the, like we all wear hats, I've worn a hat my whole life, but I don't know that much about making them. I mean, what can you tell someone that knows nothing about it? Well, about how getting the felt and. I think the most important thing that you got to tell somebody when you're trying to educate them about cowboy hats is the quality of the fur. And that's, that's a tough one to talk about because there's no government standard on quality <clears throat> on hats. So that's why one guy's 10X hat is maybe another guy's 50X hat or one guy's mm. 50X. You know what I'm saying? So the, the X rating system started with illiteracy. That's, that's kind of where that whole X is came from. I don't know if you know that or not. But so uh, like in the early 1800s and so forth, there was a, a lot of illiteracy. So when you went to the store and you bought a, like a sack of flour and it had two X's on the sack of flour, it had been through the mill twice. So if you got a sack of flour that had three X's on it, it had been milled three times. So therefore a finer grade of flour, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. everything back then, they, they, they tried to put a very simple grading system on the product. And they did the same with hats. So that's how hats, you know, this, this hat was, has more rabbit in it. This hat more has more beaver fur in it, you know, and, and so kind of, that's where that whole started. So then you got to back up and talk about the, the grades of fur. So you have, there's a lot of things. I mean, there's nutria and there's wild hair, rabbit fur, there's beaver fur, there's beaver belly and, and there's mink and chinchilla and all these things. But the main, the main thing is the beaver fur. So beaver fur has all the attributes that you want 
in a hat. Um, it it has the ability to felt together, first of all. Bec- okay, so not everything felts together. Um, there's a lot of hair. The, the hair on beaver fur and wild hair, wild rabbit, they have little bitty barbs on the hairs. And so as heat and moisture, vibration, uh, it, it starts to felt the the fur pieces together. And they say like the monks figured that out. I don't know if this is true or false, but figured it out by putting, they'd put hair in their sandals in the bottom for padding. And then the heat and the sweat and the vibration of moving, it would just create a pad and it just keep building up. And they, they figured out that they could make thick pads by doing that. Hey, we get the same thing on our, on our, on on your saddle pads. Oh Yeah. Like on the uh, like right there, like where the back cinch rubs and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You get that same thing. It kind of wads up, a little, yep. yeah, and kind of. Yeah. Well, and that's what basically that's what how that got started. So, huh. but there's certain hairs that don't have those barbs, like domesticated rabbit doesn't, uh, chinchilla, mink, stuff like that doesn't really have those barbs on there. So you can add some of that type of fur um, to the product to make a softer, lighter weight, more desirable hat. But but the main thing you want is that beaver fur. So. It has what I was saying is it has all of your attributes that you want. So it has the flexibility and the memory and the ability. To, you know, you could step on it; it's going to bounce back. It has um, it felts tighter together, all that kind of stuff. So that's what you really want. Where rabbit fur is a lot more coarse of a fur, and so therefore it is more brittle. So when rabbit fur felts together, it can't felt as tight together. So it leaves the hat more porous. When you get into beaver fur and it's a finer fur, it felts tighter together and, and less porous, sheds water, Tons dirt and stuff water, doesn't yeah. get into it. Yep. And, and it holds its shape better. And it holds its shape better. Yeah, it's not so brittle. and and uh, So the, there's all that kind of stuff uh, that goes along with the quality of the fur. Um, and then people talk about felt hats. So, so felt is a process, not so much a thing. Product. Right, exactly. So you have felted hats, okay, so that you can felt wool together, you can felt rabbit together, you can felt, you know, beaver together, you felt things together. So that's, it's a process. So, you know, I think people just go, oh, it's a felt hat. But, you know, guys that wear hats all the time obviously know there's a lot of grades yeah. to that. Right, like um, your wool hats are like, what are you going to get in the truck stop? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, they will not turn to rain. Oh, no. And... The color will run down your neck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These colors don't run, boy. <laughs> that one did a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think what else I could uh, Well, so here's the other thing is, uh, you, you got to wonder this. The beaver, the, everybody knows about the pioneers trapping the beaver and selling it for the, uh, where does it all come from now? Are there farms? So for years, I told that story um, that there was beaver farms in Europe because I kind of believed that there was, you know, <laughs> they just shave them and release them. And, they got and barbers. <laughs> it's like Brendan. <laughs> yeah. But no, actually, um, I was corrected years ago that the majority of all the beaver is, is still trapped out of um, Canada and up, up north. So Canada, oh, yeah. Alaska area, you know, that that's where they get all the beavers and then they basically send it all over to Europe to get processed. So strip all the hair and and do that. And then they'll send bales back over to the United States. And it comes in a bale just like a bale of wool or whatever. You know what I mean? In the mm-hmm. bag. So 
Um, so there can't be a ton of plants that do that. No. I mean, it has to be a pretty small world. A very small world. So uh, Stetson and Resistol, they have their own plant in Garland, Texas, that felts their fur together. And then um, there's a plant in Tennessee, Winchester, Tennessee, that felts um, bodies together. And again, I'm not that knowledgeable on that, but I'm telling you, I don't I think that might be it. In there, the United yeah, States. There's not a, a lot of places to go get the felted fur. No. Yep. No. And maybe even, and there's got to be, there's probably less where they process the beaver. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, back in the, and, and I can kind of tell you too, the quality of the hats, what they were 30, 40, 50 years ago to what they are now. The reason that is, and the reason there's been such a drop in quality and especially, well, part of it, you know, you got to, you got to consider you got your Garth Brooks boom. Okay. Yeah. You got that kind of stuff. So big manufacturers are going to turn out a lot of hats as fast as they can. And they don't want to put a lot in it. And they're trying to sell that 150 to $250 hat as fast as they can. So that was part of it. But, um, before like Bob Barker got on the big kick about fur, you know, and yeah, anti fur and all that kind of stuff. Um, Fur coats, especially in, in Europe, that's a big, big deal. And fur coats were big here. But um, so when they take that beaver pelt, the belly cut piece was scrap. So they, they didn't want that piece because that's the fine, fine fur. They wanted those big, long guard hairs that look so pretty on the coats. So they would they would uh, basically cut that belly piece out and throw it off to the side. And that was for hat makers. They'd sell that to hat makers. But it was more of a scrap piece at that right. point. And like then diesel used to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. So, so then when they got hard and heavy on this anti, you know, fur industry, then all of a sudden those belly fur cut pieces became a premium. They were harder to get. So and those are the desirable ones for hats. That's what you want. Okay. Yeah. That belly fur is very, very fine. And, and so when it felts together, it felt super, super tight together and it leaves a very thin lightweight hat. And so, yeah, so that that's where it really took a hit in the quality, and um, so and and we've been fortunate in the last fifteen years, uh, Jody and I, to have been able to reverse that a little bit in the custom end of things, and it's taken time to do it, but you know it's been good. The fact that I have had that thirty year relationship with the fur blowers and the fur providers is is great because now I can call them at this stage of the game and. I'm not just getting what they give me. You know, I get to call and say, I want such and such. And such. You know, I want belly fur only. And I want you to add this much chinchilla. And I want you to add this much mink. And I want, and they'll do it for me. And it's so nice. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really yeah. nice. Because, you know, for years, I mean, you, you pay your dues. I got what they gave me. And you build a hat and you hope for the best. But now we can kind of predict that a little bit better. Yeah, you got to spend some time to even know to ask exactly yeah you don't know to ask yeah mm-hmm. and i mean what a small world that well, has to be it's probably like i mean it sounds not a lot different than i mean like your cattle deals like you call those cattle suppliers those big cattle <laughs> yeah. suppliers and you're Cow's a new a guy cow. and they want well and they want <laughs> so you know they want to see your relationship with your feed store and they want to contact with your bank to make sure you can afford to feed them and this and that well and then they send you the dregs 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. The new and guy. Yeah, yeah. You're the new guy. You're going to get these. And they come off the truck and it looks like a load of chronics. And you're like, <laughs> and they're like, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Show us what you can do. Yeah. And then when you've been with them 20 years, well, now they, hey, this guy takes good care of cows. They send you the good ones. And you can, hey, I need, the, hey, this uh, this load sucked. And you can, they'll do something about it. But when you're the young guy, like, well, those are your cows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you what let, you can. Suck it up. Boy. <laughs> right. Two yeah. percent death loss. Yep. Have Take fun. care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we weigh them in. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to weigh them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that gets, I mean, I got, I got put in a hole right there. So I can only imagine yeah. that a, a new hat company coming up is probably going to that same thing. Getting Man. a bunch of just what? What you get. What you get. Yeah, yeah. And that's tough. I mean, that's tough on those guys. But the only good thing about it is, is they don't know it yet. So that's right. a good part. Yeah. Ignorance know? is bliss. It is. It yeah. is. You know, I used Ignorance to be like, bliss. you know, I'd, I'd finish a hat, you know, and I'd be like, oh, this is the greatest hat I've ever built. Ever. Ever. <laughs> you know, you see the same hat 10 years later, you're like, I can't believe I built that hat. It's horrible. <laughs> you know, so, oh yeah, no, it's been good. And, and, um, I'm glad I stuck with it. It's been a, a fun industry to be in, um, because you get, you know, you get to be around like-minded people, no matter what it is. And maybe I don't ride horses and train professionally, but it doesn't matter. I, I enjoy it. Jody loves it. So, I mean, it just, it allows us to be in that group and, and, um, fill some needs for them and, 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 uh, you know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. That's what, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. I'm working on it, man. <laughs> so have you seen a increase in the custom hat business? Well, it was huge. Yeah, it was huge for a while because, um, honestly, the big hat makers, uh, the big manufacturers had gone downhill so bad in quality for years and years, and uh, they just kept going, getting worse. Worse. Uh Uh-huh. And um, so the rise in custom hat makers was huge. You Um, know, I feel that, J.W., because when I was a kid, you could buy... Of whatever 4x hat or and it was a pretty dang good hat yeah and then it went to where you're buying 20s and then 50s and then even and for a while the hundreds were like it and then you'd buy them and they and weren't they were, much yeah they weren't much better and then you know in my middle age Maybe I'm not middle aged. <laughs> there, Are you going to live to be 130? Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in the middle, you started looking at hey, because when I was young, you didn't pay for them high end hats because what you had was good enough that sure. lasted. And then it got to where you're going through the 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 pretty pricey hat in a month or two. You get rainstorm on it. Like I said, the color runs down your shirt and you're like, I paid for this. And so you started, Yes, we started looking at custom hats and yes. there was no custom hats when I was young. We just bought rack hats and it yeah. got to where, just like you said, you're just throwing money away. Oh yeah. It, it, it was huge for a while. I mean, it seemed like you could kick a rock over in Texas and find a hat maker that was, you know, around. I mean, there was a lot of them and, um, and and it has gotten better. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> nervous twitch. Not supposed to shoot guns in the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they. Uh, but it it got it got better. Um, believe it or not, like um, when Keith Maddox brought American hats, uh, he he definitely bought his way back into the industry with that with his product. Um, mm. You know, American was was not good either, uh, but he turned that thing around and and really brought in some quality fur. 
and then brought in a quality product. And so thank goodness for guys like him because he has inspired everybody to bring up the bring level up the bar a little yeah. bit yeah and then, you know everything cycles you know you got your yeah. western industry that cycles and your country music industry that cycles and then, then you know western wear and hats all go hand in hand with all that so i mean to a certain extent you have all that going on at the same time but he's definitely um raised the bar on the manufactured hats and in you know um hopefully i've been able to raise the bar a little bit on the custom end mm-hmm. as well well at least it's uh got a place you know yeah. Now, I don't want. I wouldn't go without just because <laughs> I got soured on the other hat. So now yeah. I want a good hat because I don't like changing hats. Right. I mean, it needs to make it a year. Oh yeah, and I'm hard on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. and then like my first one, I I had a, a hat that was that my dad had that didn't fit him. He had gotten a trade from in the early seventies. It was it was it seems like it was a brand name, but it was a good hat. And I wore it till it wore out. And so there was that guy that used to be at um, Stevensville that made the hats. Capital? Yeah. Capital Hats. James? Is that who? No, it wasn't. It was oh, Lone Star. Lone Star, Lone yeah. Star? Jim, Jim Proctor. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, I, yeah. and yeah. I buy a hat from him because I don't have a hat because my, mine's wore out. And he's like, hey, you want me to, want me to work on yours? I'm like, what are you going to do with that? You can't fix a hat. Right. And I said, yeah, sure. And he made that thing. And look, I could, I wouldn't have bought, if he'd have fixed that one first, I wouldn't have bought the hat. And that's what made me realize a quality of hat, you could have them rebuilt, whereas the other ones were oh, straight through. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it made the money make sense. The custom hat deal make more, way more sense to me. Absolutely. Well, you can buy that $250, $350, hat every year, whatever, every year and a half. So, or, or you can spend $1,000 and get one that's going to last you for 30 And so then that's where we're at. I mean, really, I mean, you're going to get a hat that maybe at some time you're going to have some sun fading and there's going to be some stains and there's going to be some stuff in there that maybe is unfixable to a certain degree, but the hat's not going to wear out on you. Not that quality of a hat. You'll yeah. always have it, you know, but what we have tried to do is, uh, and I talked about increasing the quality of the, of the fur and that that's been huge. And, and I think that everybody's sort of trying to do the same thing in that regard. So that's good. But but my biggest thing over the last three or four years is I felt like nobody paid attention to the fit. And and even in the custom end of things, um, custom was always, it always helped. You know, you could always put the conformer on their head, get a, get a reasonably close head shape, and, and it helped a lot of people, especially real long ovals or round ovals mm. and so forth. But my point is they never, no one spent, Everybody was spending their time trying to make a better hat, felt hat, but nobody spent any time trying to make a better guts of the hat, the, the liner, the sweatband. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing that. I mean, they, they would change foils or colors and make it prettier or whatever, but fit-wise, it was just the same old goatskin leather sweatband that everybody else was using. So that's what we really focused on over the last couple of years, and we did a we got a patent um, on a new sweatband that we've done, and um, it's fantastic. Oh, they all say it's fantastic. Remarkable. I love that yeah. thing. Yeah. So that's the ticket. That's what I'm hanging my hat on. Hanging my hat on. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, and you know, we make them. Yeah. I mean, by hand. So it's not like I'm ordering these things. You know, it yeah. takes me just about as long to make the sweatband as it does a hat. So we cut each piece out 
uh, appropriately. It's taller in the front, uh, taller in the back. You get a little more bite on your forehead. It ducks down through your temple area. takes a little pressure off that. Um, it's got a little bit of a padded feel to it. It's really fine lambskin. So, I mean, it's like butter. And um, they stay on, and they fit, and they're comfortable. And that's yeah. – that's, and I'll continue to work on that, but that's that's my big – Going right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the one – I got – one from you that's the first one i've had with that hat band in it and i have pulled my hats to my i don't lose my hat no. very 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 seldom and i've pulled my hat to my ears forever mm-hmm. and that is the first hat i've ever had that sat up on my head and stayed on yeah it's i a mean li- ever the only thing for me it's a little awkward for me it's kind of part of my deal right, right. it's kind of <laughs> my, part of my yeah. part of what my pre-show deal like <laughs> i gotta get this rascal down here i don't have to and I'm telling when I get it down there, Mister, it takes a crew to get it off, <laughs> right? But <laughs> that's part of the deal. But it's just part of the pre-show deal, right? Exactly. So if, if you see my, if you see me show and my ears are folded over, it's not because JW's hat doesn't fit me right. It's, it's what I do. It's just what I do. <laughs> Been doing it since I was a little kid. All right. Hey, yeah. This hat doesn't even have my ear rub marks on it. Yeah, oh, I don't, I don't have any. Have I don't have any hats that don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I might not need them, but I just like them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put some on there with a little marker. <laughs> I have a head shaped like a raptor. It's hard to keep a hat on that thing. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Russell. You know what happens forty nine days from today. The beginning of the end of my career. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as the Southwest Range Cow Horse Pre-Faturity. And actually, it's going to be my comeback year. I like it. I mean, you're due. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so the place to go play for a comeback year is uh, Faturity, the $201,000 payout. That's what happened last year. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get over there at that Will Rogers Coliseum. Same place we're going to have the snaffle bit. Just another month and a half down the road. Yep. Sign up at the Clinton Anderson Pre-Faturity and try to get some money. Yep. Get in there and get a little feel for that Will Rogers. Feel for that herd and that Will Rogers. Go yep. rain around that John Justin down the fence, just like we're going to do at Snaffle Bit. And we will see y'all there. So talk a little <laughs> bit about your new sizing deal with the uh, the internet. That's yeah. a, that's an interesting little feature with yeah, your swim cap. especially with this COVID-19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Measuring Can't without touching in. it. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it actually, it's been great. Um, we What we do now is we measure with the iPhone. So we're able to take an image of your head, the top of your head, using your own phone at home. Um, and then we can, we can put that into the CAD system and that cuts out on a CNC machine perfectly. So, you know, the difference between what we used to do. And like I said, I'm not knocking it. I've did it for 27 years straight using that same conformer and started out doing it. Um, and it's good and it gets close. And I would say, you know, over the years, you're probably at about an 80 to 85% accuracy rate with that, which works. I mean, it's good. Um, but with this deal, you're at hundred percent accuracy. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't screw it up. You're working off of this image uh, the machine's cutting it out perfectly to that image, and then we're building the hat around that, around that form. So, uh, 
your hat gets started around the form and finishes around the form. So there's really not a lot of chance of it being one way or another. Now, that being said, you still have, and we still have some little bit tight, little bit loose uh, things, but more often than not, that's a customer's uh, preference. Preference, where yeah. the hat fits on the head, yeah. Yeah, and you, you just can't, you can't always predict that. You can ask a lot of questions up front and try to figure it out, but there's some people like to wear them loose, some people like to wear them tight, yeah, and you right. got to just kind of, I mean, you know, and I'm making them sort of right in the middle, but but no, it's been great because now we can send a kit uh, which we actually do a lot of business in Australia. So we'll send kits over to Australia. Um, they'll open the kit, do the do the little deal with the iPhone, and the minute they push send, you I get it. it. Yeah, I can start their hat right then. I don't have to wait, get the kit back, or any of that stuff. I mean, so, um, and, and then when they get their hat, and you have no idea because I've always said, uh, I'm not much of a money guy and I don't really do it for the cashola because I just, um, I'm just not good with money anyways, <laughs> but I do, I do, I, I work off of, uh, you know, uh, I need that pat on the back. You know, I want people to be happy with the product and it's important to both of us. And, and, um, it has been so nice to get email after email and text after text of customers that are like, just got my hat fantastic best I've ever had in my life you know where has this been the last 30 years mm. you know so um it wasn't it wasn't wasn't here. there <laughs> exactly so yeah no it's been that's been great so I think we're definitely headed in the correct direction so what is uh if somebody has one tight or loose can you change it much with the with the hat bands or what so are you believe it or not you know I always laugh because Resist All used to put in all their hat bands self-conforming. You remember that? Yeah. They'd, I'd always say in Resist All, self-conforming. Yeah. And um, they were right. You know, they, it was a leather sweatband and leather shrinks and expands. And that's why you can break in a pair of boots or whatever. And theoretically, you can break in a hat. So as you sweat and perspire and then the heat of your head, that draws that leather in on areas that you're in and pushes it out where you're out so so it is self-conforming to a certain extent so um the the quick answer is if they just put it on their head and wear it for Sweating two or three days it, yeah. it's already golden but you know there's people that don't honestly i mean uh, i gotta stand up for those people that don't wear them like that yeah they want to wear them when they go in the arena they want to take it off when they get back out and they need it to be right for that purpose and rainers, that purpose rainers need hats too Right. Exactly. So there you go. So, yeah, so we, we, uh, we do a lot of that. And so, you know, you gotta, but it's not a problem. We actually, um, most of the time they, we just have them send it back and we will adjust to their needs. So if they need it a little bit tighter, not a problem. They need it a little bit looser, not a problem. We just expand that. We just Hat. expand that block shape yeah. up just a skosh. So and then also probably there's a lot of especially like getting away from california coming to texas oklahoma area there's a lot of people that just buy a hat and just wear it for dress so they're an, they're another person that's not going to go wear it three days like say working cowboy you know it's easy for them to go piss sweat on one but yeah yeah well and that was you probably run into that too we do oh you absolutely do more often than not i yeah. mean it's, it's i mean we have i bet 50, I don't know, 50% might be pushing it, <laughs> but, but you know, we have a lot of cowboy hat wearers that wear a cowboy hat all the time, but we have a lot too that are just weakened and that's, yep. you know, it's fine, whatever. Dress up, um, yep. style. 
style. Yep, fashion hats, so forth, so on and so forth. But um, guys that sing and band on the weekend, band guys, <laughs> singers, artists, a lot of Happy. lot of lot of drawers, a lot of drawers. <laughs> Hey, so did you wear a hat when you were on stage? I did. You did. I had hair back then and everything, but I still wore a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, no, it's it's been good Um, on that end of things. I think that uh, we're headed in the right direction. I think we'll keep pushing that direction as far as comfort and fit and and just uh, keep it it simple, stupid a little bit. You know, kind of keep it um, just me because that's all it is right now. And I've, I've, tr- I've thought for years that, you know, about getting bigger, you know, selling the company, maybe just making the hats, all that kind of stuff. And no matter which direction I go, it, it, it never really is right. And I think that's because, for lack of a better word, being a little narcissistic on that, because I want to do it. You know, you want to sure. ride your own horse yeah, that no, you've yeah, sure. and you need to be proud of that horse. And, yep. and so I've seen too many hat companies over the last 30 years of being around it that they start to grow then they start to expand they hire some more guys to make hats the main guys got to go out and sell the hats <laughs> then they got so-and-so building the hats that don't know what they're doing and it just everything gets what's that sound like chris <laughs> <laughs> i mean dear lord it's exactly the same just, yeah, i was no, just sitting here that sounds like a trainer yeah, no it, yeah, it, it, it is the same thing yeah, you just go right through the i mean you get into the trap yeah, it is a trap. You get into the trap, and yeah, why not? I mean... You think you're making more money. No. And you think that that's going to help. And you know, you're going to build your name, you're going to build your product, you're going to make more money, and it does not work You that see way. it everywhere. Saddle makers, boot makers. Mm, yeah. I mean, you see it everywhere. That's why, I don't know, for me, I'm careful about who I get on my team. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that the people on my team are going to stay, if they're producing a product that I'm proud of, and that they're proud of, I want to make sure that they keep producing that product. Yeah. You know, and if I don't feel like that company's going to keep, hold the consistency of that quality, you know, I mean, you just see it happen. I mean, I have, you'll have saddle guys hit you up and like, hey, why don't, you don't ride anybody's saddle. I'm like, well, no, I don't. Because I like handmade stuff. And handmade stuff really don't, can't afford on saddles, Mm -hmm. can't afford to give you a deal. You can't make enough of them. Yeah, right. And so, it's like, I'm not going to do that. And then you just watch those guys and like, they're really good for the first three years. Yes. And then they just spiral. Yeah. Right. And then maybe they come back and they kind of get their yeah, stack together. Yeah, again. Right. Well, but, and they'll, they'll flounder around though for years after that. Yep. You know, they kind of make that big jump and that rise and it, you know, having somebody say that guy's product is great is not as big a deal as having somebody saying that guy's product sucks or is bad mm. or whatever because that's that don't go away no and no. so that guy that, that has done that and and whether it be hats or horses it doesn't matter at some point in time you get those people going that ain't right that guy ain't good something's wrong and that sticks and then he even even if he is trying to step straighten back it, up straighten and straighten it, it out, out. Yeah. It, it, it takes right. a long time it can be tough um, if you do somebody a great job they'll tell all their friends yeah and if you do somebody a bad job they'll tell everyone everyone <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> that's, that's so true no it is so true so we've really tried to and i think and i'm settling into that now too i'm okay with it you know just knowing hey it's just gonna be me and that's all right you yeah. know, so I'm just gonna, you know, figure out how many days out of the year I have to build those hats, and how many I can build within that time comfortably, and 
and and that's all you can do. Just so like, what what yeah. does a hat look like when it get like before you do anything to it? Like when you get the product there at the ranch down there at Lipan, where the what's it look felt. like? You I know, mean, it's not it's not that crazy. I mean, you know, to see it go from a bale of fur to a cone, which is like a forty six inch cone, and then that cone be shrunk down into this little cone, and that's all done at the fur blower uh, place. It's no, is that like they, a hollow like cone, a pointed like a, cone? Yeah, it's it's like a forty six inch cone, like a dunce hat. It's got a little bit of a round top on it, but it's a big old cone, and that fur is felted. Or I don't know, it's, it's kind of like how cotton candy's made more more than anything. It's dropped from the top. That cone has lots of little holes in it that suction, and that fur starts sticking around that cone all the way around, just laying. But it's all, it's all going in one direction. You know how they say the fur lays in one direction? Because it does. It's felted that way. So it's all laid in that one direction, and then they slide that off. with a They put a wet piece of burlap on it, slide it off, uh, and then they go to folding it, pouring hot water all over it and and turning it in uh, these machines that have like little ropes. It kind of beats the fur as it goes around and then they unfold it, refold it in a different way, do it again. And over time, that, that 46 inch cone ends up being about 10 or 11, 12 inches tall. And, and that's what you have to make a hat out of, is that? Yeah, and, and even, and I get it even better than that because at the factory, they'll still, they, they put it on a... I, I don't even know the terminology. I, I do actually, but I can't think of it. But it's like a finger blocker, but it's a crown blocker. And so they'll actually kind of somewhat put sort of a crown shape in it and pull the brim out a little bit flatter, if that makes sense. Then it, it makes it a lot easier on the small custom hat guys that aren't, you know, mass producing and using machinery to pull those brims and, and so on and so forth. But but it's not that bad. I mean, yeah, it's a rough piece of fur. It's all the hair still on it. It's a little bit bumpy in certain places, and you you know you you got a lot of steps after that fact. But but it's it's not terrible as far as how we get it. I mean, it's not like we get it in a really bad rough right. stage. I didn't know if it just looked like a pile of dead beavers or something. No, and then yeah. Get- <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's go, exactly you, how it looks. You, sort through you and Jody go to mash it around this, barefooted yeah. like you're mashing grapes <laughs> exactly. and get it all mashed together into your sandals and then you build a hat out of it. Like, uh, you said I didn't have to reveal trade secrets <laughs> either. <laughs> She does the short rims. <laughs> All them little snap rims. Yeah, little snap rims. That's our get over there. Get in that little circle. circle. <laughs> Whole new meaning to the Mexican hat dance. Yeah. Just put her on the walker. Yeah. <laughs> Stomp it out, babe. That's oh. awesome. That's it. The end. I did it. My whole life right there summed up in 45 minutes. Yeah, I think you left a couple things out because I know the white pants weren't in there. (laughs) (laughs) I left a lot out. (laughs) Most of it fairly uninteresting. Yeah. I don't know about that, but maybe not that. It's not revealable. 14 years of singing and he left nothing out. (laughs) Really? Being the band leader. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I feel like there was some stories from the road. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's just the same old sandwich every day. You just <laughs> yeah. you get up, you pedal the bike, you go back to bed, you do it again. Nothing there in between. <laughs> it's, it's monotonous, really. <laughs> He's uh, a bit of a down player. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. yeah, I can tell you some stories about some other guys. <laughs> I had this really good friend once. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> no, no, no. That's well, best left in the yeah. past. He used to he used to poop in his diapers when he was little. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy. That guy. Got this friend. <laughs> so when you're running around Nashville, though, you said you were uh, pitching some songs. Anything? What was that world like, you know? Oh, Nashville. it's super different. I mean, I think growing up in the West, you always think of country music as cowboys. Country music. It's not at all. Not even <laughs> it's close, like, huh? Yeah, it's a long ways away from cowboys. I mean, they're musicians, and I think you got to recognize that when you go there. I mean, those guys, are they don't know anything about horses or boots or hats or nothing. I mean, uh, in, in that regards, these guys are talented, talented musicians. And, um, you know, I think in, they're just playing that that stream of music, but any one of those guys that are out there, any, any one of those sessions guys and union players can just about jump into anybody's world and play. I mean, these guys are talented. So it was, it was a hoot for me because, um, that's obviously not where my talent lies in the musical aspect of it. And to be able to go out there and lay your song out in front of these guys and have them pick it up in two minutes, you know what I mean? It's like, grade school for them you know uh-huh. it's nothing i mean we went into to the studio and um and i can't it's been so long and i could have told you all their names at the time but the, the sessions players that came into the studio so and so's piano player and so and so's fiddle player i mean these guys and that's what they do every day so i'm i'll go in there and i'm like well here's you know two or three of my songs and this is what we're gonna do and we're gonna work on this one and i kind of run through it on the guitar and these guys literally listen to maybe a quarter of the song they let me get through the first verse and to the chorus and they're like oh yeah we're good okay let's uh take one kind of a thing you know what i mean and they just bounce and roll into it and it is amazingly cool i mean <laughs> so you feel- how's that work jw you're paying them to play the song oh or yeah a- no, they do it for free because no. they- <laughs> I love playing their instruments. Yeah. So do you contract the the players or do you go to the studio and just say, hey, I got this song? So how do you pay? By the hour, by the song, by the They get paid by the hour, I'm almost positive of that. But I paid the the music producer, the the um recording studio itself. And then I mean, if you were out there, I mean, I'm, I sound like an idiot talking about this because if you were out there, then you'd, you'd handpick the guys. You'd, you'd know, I right. want this guy and that guy right. and this guy. It's kind of like walking to the herd with no yeah. herd help. You yeah. just walk down there and be like, hey, uh, we, can you guys stay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I didn't know. And so I'm, I, I, but yeah, so you just go in there and I'm, I'm trusting this guy that knows a guy in Arizona that I'm, you know, and he was great. And um, he picked out these these people and they came in there and they knocked it out and it was it was so fun and, and it was, you sang it or they sang it no i sang it you, you yep. sang it and then so you guys record it and then what do you do you how do you're trying to get it sold so uh well i don't know that's kind of a funny story because we started out pitching me you know that was that was the whole purpose and i didn't i say i paid for it but actually i didn't pay for any of it the guy that kind of took me on and it was like, I'm going to get you, I'm going to make you yeah. Garth Brooks. So this, this is going to be you. So yeah, he, he did all this. And, and so they started out pitching me with my originals. And, and so that was kind of the, the situation. And then, um, obviously that didn't work. 
<laughs> Strike one. So, so this yeah. is J.W. Brooks of J.W. Brooks Custom Hats. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not at your local bar this weekend. Right. Yeah. Don't look for his music on Spotify. <laughs> Do not search Pandora. <laughs> he had no. Joe Exotic as a session player. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with tigers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's totally Tigers like love that. pepper. They hate cinnamon. <laughs> God dang. How many times have you watched this program? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't seen it yet either. Oh, yeah, me neither. But that's not from that movie. Oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, and he cramps up again. The old guy, <laughs> the old man. <laughs> Somebody get Chris a banana. This is <laughs> embarrassing. We're both older than him. <laughs> so Get in the, some mitol and yeah. sit down. <laughs> Cramps are good. Pass him as Polly did. <laughs> so you, so he's trying to pitch you. That doesn't work. So what, who's yeah. he trying to pitch you to? To go on the road and do a tour? Well, he's trying to pitch me to any of the the labels obviously okay to, to, they you want to get a contract signed with the labels and i mean it gets deep okay i mean I, we're hitting the high spots by a long shot because you you get in with the labels and they say okay we want to sign you and so at, at that point in time at least in in those years you you'd sign with the label and it's basically like a loan i mean it's all it was i mean they're saying okay here's the deal it's going to cost $1 million. And at the time, it was right around $1 million. It was going to cost $1 million to promote you, release your first album and your first singles, and promote you and kick you out there and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. And if it doesn't stick, you work off that money. I mean, it's it's not a, I mean. You're now a session player. Yes, exactly. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, um, I, mean I remember seeing guys that, that, I thought, you know, the kind of one-hit wonder kind of guys, but I liked them that never really made it. And uh, you'd see them uh, play at the club or whatever. These guys were broke. I mean, they're just broke. And they, they're just going. And they still owed the label. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, and that's how they're paying it off. They're going from one show to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and that's how they're paying their label back. And um, anyway, I, I mean, I didn't even get to that. Point. I mean, honestly, I was a little late to the to the table because during that Garth Brooks era, they were, man, they were signing everybody, and right. they were throwing it all against the wall, and anything that stuck was good, and then just roll on right past it. And I was kind of at the tail end of that, where it wasn't just can this guy sing and talk, and is he decent and left looking to where it's not going to run anybody off, kind of thing. And then and that was kind of the criteria. It seemed like during that time but i was at the end of that where they were actually starting back into this guy can sing he's a writer he's a picker he's a musician you know what i mean like they were looking again back where they should be looking where was at the talent pool you know this this guy has all this stuff so let's use this guy let's not use the this. guy that has two things yeah that one at some contest or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got half drunk and won a contest. Here exactly. he is. Exactly. Let's dump a million in that one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a fan of that. I think it's super cool. I mean, I, I've never gotten my feelings hurt over any of it. I, I think that's that's great. Um, you know, and of course now it's all changed and flipped around even even better in my opinion, because now they're not you're not going there and saying, pick me. Um, you're 
your Facebook and your web oh, and yeah. your your social media drives that. It's they pick you based on what you've already done. And mm-hmm. that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. that's cool because now you it is the people that have the talent and the abilities that are driving those numbers and then and then they go and say, Hey, we might want you. And I, I think that's that's great. So they started at first pitching you, then did they try to pitch your music? Yeah, and then we tried to shop the songs. And that was, um, and I, you know, I just um, I had high hopes for that because I, I, I really like some of my music and some of the, the songs that we wrote. And, man, I think, you know, we heard a lot of stuff like it's too red dirt, which I never really got that because I didn't think it was too red dirt. Um, to Texas type music and maybe that's because I wasn't here and I wasn't listening to red dirt music I didn't know how to, to correlate that but um yeah I, I just got a lot of that kind of stuff and in probably just a lot of real nice ways of saying it's not good enough sort of a thing mm-hmm. but you know it's all it's kind of like art it's um it's all someone's taste and what they think you know you may not think uh, my drawing is as good as Chris's drawing and, and that kind of a thing and I not that's how I was because I could listen to the radio and go yeah that song's bad compared to my song you know I, mean? I think this song of my song is way better than that yeah. one and so does my mom yeah, exactly. Well, and that's not a lot much different than our horse training no, deal either, because no. like you might like my horse better than Russell's horse, or you might like yeah. Russell's horse better than Corey Cushing's horse, or yeah. yep. whatever. Yeah. But like, say that's the great thing is that we're not all after the same one. We're all kind of presenting something a little different. Yeah, if and it was all the same, it would be bad. Yeah. Well, and then too, I feel like I love the red dirt music. I love the red dirt sound, but. When you're trying to sell your songs, probably they're looking for something that goes across totally everything. And so the more people you try to get to, the blander the taste becomes. Well, and again, at that time, what was at the end of all that? So now you're starting in back into the talent pool, like I said, and you're starting into a, an area where they want that. Taylor Swift crossover pop. Yeah, right. That That's they can what do. I'm saying. They definitely didn't want my age. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they need somebody that can, they can make money on for the next 30 years, yeah. not the next 10. You know? <laughs> this guy's going to last for three years. <laughs> we're going to now. We're already planning his farewell <laughs> tour. <laughs> Him and he walked in here drunk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Can, you, not all can we of us get are, a convalescent tour? <laughs> not everybody can be Willie Nelson. You yeah, know. They don't all last that long. No, they don't. So, no, that, that, uh, I, think that, um, I think that that's neat, though, that they're pulling from that. But like I said, at the end of that deal, that's what they were looking for, is to be able to, to, be able to send somebody out into the country music sector, figure out if they could do it, and then start slowly crossing them over into that. Yeah. I mean, the money Pot is, is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, you know, I mean, it's, it does, it, it, the Western industry so little in the big picture that, um, you know, no wonder Taylor Swift made the jump. You know what I mean? It's just the money. Right. There's so many. Is, I mean, they're just cultivating money makers from, you correct. know, you go find talent in the Western music and, Take yeah. them up there and make yeah, it's like the minor leagues millions yep. into hundreds of millions. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean the numbers. The money numbers are stuff that you can't wrap your head around. Well, and that's why I quit because I thought, you know, 
I just, I don't want to be that materialistic. I would rather, I'd rather be poor and have a good hey, contract. He's not even a horse you. trainer and he's addicted <laughs> to poverty. <laughs> he's just dumb common, like the rest of common us. Common threads, baby. Common threads. <laughs> common threads. <laughs> you find the poorest, the poorest fashion style I can find. Like <laughs> <laughs> 0.02%. Yeah. Of the population wants a cowboy hat. Yeah, and then yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna hang. Make, I'm gonna hang my yeah, hat on that the rest of my day. life. It's gonna be exactly. great. Yeah. yeah, thanks for bringing up a dying industry. I appreciate that. <laughs> Would somebody time. please start making westerns again? <laughs> <laughs> somebody make a little kid want to be a cowboy for crying somebody. out loud. Yeah. <laughs> you make a red hat with the white <laughs> lacing around the brim. I can't sell these things. Yeah, so Chris and Russell they've pretty much convinced me to start making socks. I'm going to be making custom socks from here Boomba, on. Boombas is good. I heard Bombas. Bombas, they make a good sock. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody wears socks. Yeah. <laughs> this hat started as socks. Right. Basically. Basically. The monks. The monks, <laughs> yes. Monk, monk socks. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a good spinoff business. <laughs> Mighty monk socks. <laughs> okay, I'm in. <laughs> You can, you can, we'll write you, let you write the jingle. <laughs> hey, we should probably get hey, some I of your music could, and put yeah, it on I here. We, we could, could afford him. We, yeah, like. we can get you some airtime. Sweet. Yeah. We, we can, bring should, it back. Yeah. You bring us some uh, recordings, some of them old recordings, and we'll, uh, we'll see about getting them on the air. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we, uh, our maybe moms will a, listen. Maybe. <laughs> My mom will buy one for yeah, sure. For maybe we can sure. get you hired to do the uh, snapple bit after party or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole new genre. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Genre. Genre. <laughs> Never mind. Genre? Genre. 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 That's I don't think there's a D in there, Russell. It is when I say it. That's because you got <laughs> two D's in your name. There is a Winnie Way. <laughs> Joe Exotic told me so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Don't pet the tiger. <laughs> Don't meth with tigers. <laughs> Where'd your other arm go? <laughs> it's not in the way anymore. <laughs> Got any wisdom that you haven't said that you want to expound before we wow. kill this? Man, I, I do. I, I think of it all day. While I'm making hats. I have a lot of stuff. I just don't write it down. That's what's the problem. So I, I don't ask everybody this, but I, it's a personal, it's a, it's close to my heart. It involves employment history. How many times have you been fired in your life? I don't know that I've ever been fired. I've quit a lot. Everybody. I, I've been, I'm the champion, apparently. <laughs> I've had two jobs. I've been fired from both of them. Yeah, but, yeah, but you got to look at it positive because, I mean, we're sort of maybe more hot-headed and quitters. You know what I mean? So, so you know, maybe we were just ducking out right yeah. before the firing happens. <laughs> You're waiting for it. Oh, which yeah. Is, which there's a lot to, you know, be said for that. <laughs> just take the beating. Let's see. Something just, like, can't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Blind to the truth. Yeah, can't read the writing on the wall. <laughs> I really hope I don't get fired from this one. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I can, how many more times I can do that before I get fired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guess that was it. <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> well and then we have another one 
what about one inherent trait to being successful in the horse business? Because hats or horses, you're in the horse business. Mm. One inherent trait. Yeah, I mean, being self-employed, basically, in the horse business. Mm. Put some thought into that one. It's deep. That's really deep. <laughs> I don't know. Are you asking me what what a trait that I feel is most important to be successful in the horse business? That's yeah. basically yeah, what basically you're asking. Yeah, entrepreneurial right. spirit. Basically, it's exactly the same words in a different tone. <laughs> yes, exactly the same, but different. No, I, I, it's got to be exactly. <laughs> that totally <up>. stalling. <laughs> Honestly, 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 it would have to be honesty. It'd have to be the truth. It'd have to be. And and all kidding aside, I mean, I don't think that anybody can get away with anything out there. It all catches up to you. And if you're honest and out front of it, you're good. It don't matter if it's one sore or got a crippled spot here or there or that hat just isn't a little bit too thin on the crown or whatever the situation is. I think it's always, if you can just be upfront and honest, you're going to save yourself a world of hurt. And, and, and you're going to be successful. People want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear no. a story. No, mm-hmm. I mean, just tell them the truth. They're good with it. No. I, 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 I mean, I have to deal with that every day. I mean, because I have people that call and say, where's my hat? You know, I wanted it for this event, and you're not done with it, and why, and whatever. And, man, I've worked for companies before, and we used to have – a lie list hanging by the phone, you know, <laughs> you'd write down the number of the lie that you told them on such and such a day. You know? And, uh, no, you know, and I just, you know, I have to tell them, you know, this is the deal. It's just me. I'm sorry. I can't, you know, I had this other stuff. I couldn't get to it. Blah, blah. And, and 99 out of a hundred times, they appreciate it. It, yeah. it works. So. Well, that's, that's the deal. I mean, if you, if you don't, if you just tell them the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Well, can right. you, you know, if you got a client that brings you a horse and that horse is never going to be you tell what that client wants it to be, yep. you tell them. Yeah, you could milk it out of them for the next however long, many years probably. Right. But at the end of the day. That'll just, be the last one you train yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah I exactly. just wasted my time and their money. Yeah. And, and I yeah. got too much to do. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the deal. Well, just like you said, the lie list, you had to write, you got to write down which lie you told them last week. So you don't forget. So yeah. you don't forget. Right. And like, you can't remember stuff. I mean, yep. I'm not smart enough to remember stuff. No, exactly. So yeah. Just it. hope it comes up with the same one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> tell the same one. <laughs> uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self? I would tell my 20 year old self that, that it's going to take time. That's it. There's no, I don't think that there's any, there is zero replacement for years. Zero. Yeah. So yeah, you'll see that flash in the pan guy, you know, that comes up, that young guy that, that comes up in the industry and is great at marketing and great at this and great at that. And, and you know, that explosion, um, but that's rare and few and far between. I think, I think honestly, it's just the patience of it. I, I it doesn't matter if you're, uh, being an artist, drawing, painting, or hat making, or riding horses. I mean, the clients you get when you're 20 aren't the clients you get when you're 40. And dang sure not the clients you get when you're 60. You know, ask, take Al Dunning or something. I mean, look at the people that he's hand-selected and has now for clients at his age versus the ones maybe he had when he was 25 years old. So I, I just, I think that there's no replacement for years. 
you have to just be patient and know that it takes people, you know, recognizing you and seeing you and being honest in that industry or whatever for 15, 20, 25 years before they start going, yeah, I'm going to use that guy. You know, I've seen him. He's, mm-hmm. he's stuck around. He's not, an, uh, you know, a in and out of town guy. So anyway, that's just my personal thought. And it probably takes that long to be that guy. You know what I mean? Uh, because you got to go through that. They just gave me yeah. the fur that they gave me and I had to make it work. And then you get to where you know it. And same with the horses. You start recognizing. Yeah. Well, I really started noticing it about 10 years ago, honestly. Um, being in it 30 years, and I started recognizing that 10 years ago yeah. because I, um, before I was always chasing the sale. You know, where can mm. we go to, to sell this product? Where can, who can we talk to and sell it? And it was about 10 years ago that the customer started coming to me and going, I know you, I remember you, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was like, wow, you know, it, it's just the years you got to wait on it. Mm. It comes. So, yeah. What, uh, what do you think's your proudest moment as a small business owner? Oh man, I couldn't narrow it down to one. Honestly. I mean, you're always, you try to be proud of what you do every day, you know, um, in the product anyway. And for me, that's where it all lies. You know what I mean? It's, it's more, uh, like I said, I'm, I, I live off of that, customer satisfaction thing i need to hear that i need people to be happy with me and and that's just kind of where i'm at but so i couldn't narrow it down to one thing i think every every hat you try to do your best on and if you don't and you end up having to redo it or whatever i mean you just do um but i couldn't narrow it down to one no milestones no ten thousand happy no customers. if i had one maybe it would just be the the fact when i stepped out on my own when i had that store inside sabas so sabas in arizona's was like I'm trying to think. I think there were 13, 16 stores strong throughout the whole valley. So um, they sent hats to me, and and I took, you know, and and of course I was feeding off of their customer base that was coming in to shop with them already, and I had to make that decision to to jump, and that was a big decision. I was like, man, I don't know, you know, can I make the money out there that I was, and and um, I jumped in the first year, I made twice the money mm-hmm. that I made. I mean, it just. It just worked. So I, uh, that was probably maybe a pretty good milestone. With all your ventures and stuff and switching from drawing to music to the hats and back and forth, what was one of your lowest points that you had to fight out of? You know, whether it's financial or just what? Oh, man, I don't know. You know, um, it was always pretty easy to make the decision. You know, I got out of the music thing because I felt like at some point in time, you're going to, it's going to cause a DUI or a divorce, one or the other. I mean, it's just not a good, it's a bad place to be. I mean, now if you could be a singer in Nashville and you're selling records and going into the studio and you're doing concerts, that's fantastic. But to be, you know, in your forties and at a bar, which is where you're going to be playing, for the most part, and um, you're entertaining drunks, and it just is what it is. It's just not yeah. a really healthy environment. So, I mean, it's always easy to kind of make those decisions and go, mm, I think it's time to step away <laughs> from some of that, you know. So, um, I don't know if there's been any real super low points. I've kind of always accepted what what it is. Um, I felt the same way with the art world, too. I always thought, man, that's where I was headed, was into that art world. And... Um, I realized pretty quick 
that it was that the years thing that I was talking about earlier, the time thing that that was going to be the key to the art world. There was no way I was going to be this fantastic young artist. It was going to take time. And there you was, had to cut off your ear or something. Right. Yeah. To, to, to get you know, jump start, right. I would have had to cut off something <laughs> right. for sure. You know, <laughs> make a splash. <laughs> so no, no super low points that I'm aware of. Russell, but thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> He's obviously blocked it out. <laughs> My therapist says, don't even talk about it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, tell folks where they can uh, find you and get a hold of you and order a kit. Okay. So, yeah, you can go on to uh, com. You can go to the website and go to the JW Brooks uh, Facebook page. Any of those places will get you to a place where you can order that kit. And uh, if not, just call. Um, I, don't, I don't know the number, but it's on the. Sure. It's on, the, it's on there. That's what, it's on there. Google yeah. it. Have your people call. Yeah. Have no, your JW's people. people. My it'll be good. <laughs> exactly. And it'll be J-Dub. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you might catch Jody. You might catch Jody on yeah. the phone. Might. Maybe. Doubt that. <laughs> well, we sure appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah. thanks, guys. I appreciate the, yeah. the session. So. Nope. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, until next time, go fast. Make good decisions. Thank you for listening to Cow Horse, Full Contact. Please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.